here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Paul Maneri joining us right now, former LSU coach, legendary coach, Hall of Famer. Paul, congratulations. You were on the field last night. I love some of those interviews. And then to see the current coach come up and see you being interviewed, hugging you, uh, that, that was a pretty neat moment there. So uh, congratulations on, uh, on yet another College World Series uh, win. That had to be a pretty special moment for you. Well, first of all, it's good to be with you, Matt. Um, yes, it was a very special moment. You know, I've been out of coaching now for two years. I retired after the 21 season, after my 15th year here at LSU. And uh, so there's still, you know, many players on the team that uh, my staff and I were responsible for getting them to LSU and recruiting them. Uh, many of them we coached, most of them we coached already. So, you know, we had gone through a lot of the growing pains with them. And, you know, just like every player has needs time to develop and so forth. So, you know, I, I just had to be there for them as they were striving to win the national championship this year. And fortunately, they got the job done. And it was a very emotional thing for me because, you know, you, you, you begin with these players when they're 16, 17, 18 years old recruiting, and you get to know them and their families. And like I said, you go through the ups and downs with them in their development, and now you see them out there on the field as mature adults that are confident and competitors, and they have the talent, and they're going out there and, and on the verge of winning a national championship. And, you know, you feel like maybe you had a little bit to do with their development and I just wanted to be there to support them. And, you know, that moment you mentioned about with Jay Johnson, our, our baseball coach that replaced me, uh, you know, that was really nice. You know, we, you know, I was down there just, you know, to want to, you know, congratulate everybody and a couple of members of the media would grab me and ask for a little interview. And I was in the midst of doing one of those when Jay walked by and he jumped in on the interview and it was good. You know, I, it's, you want to have a great relationship with the person that you that replaced you or that you replaced and I live here in Baton Rouge and Jay's going to be our coach for a long time and I like to think we left him a good foundation with the team and it was great that he recognized that and uh yeah it was nice it was nice for everybody last night what what was it like seeing some of those players you recruited Dylan Cruz being one of those players who put the oh. uh, put a ring on it I like what he did during that game I bet they were excited to see you down there and and uh that added even another layer to the celebration. What was what was that like to get to celebrate with them? Well, it was really heartfelt stuff. You know, I had gotten in on Friday, and everybody was the team was staying at the Hilton, and that's why I was staying there. So I got the chance to see most of them in the lobby of the hotel. You know, over the course of the of the weekend before they won the game on Monday night. So we had, you know, spent some nice times together visiting about different things. and But then to be down there on the field with them, you know, I, I, I didn't want to take the spotlight away from the team or the coach, current coach, you know. It was their moment. But I just wanted to be there to let them know I was supporting them and so forth. But once I, you know, saw that I was there, especially the kids that played for me, you know, they'd come over and give me big old sweaty hugs and stuff and it was it was it was great, you know, and it gave me a chance to to congratulate Jay and his staff out there on the field, and you know, people that care. There's so many people that care about LSU baseball, uh, in and out of the state of Louisiana. Really, we we have a lot of followers over in Texas, 
And, of course, you know, Tim Mulkey came from your area there to be our basketball coach, and Kramer Robertson uh, played for me, and we're, we almost won the national championship in 2017 with him as our star shortstop. So, you know, it was just it was just really nice to, to be able to show people out there that uh, when you're a part of LSU baseball, it's a lifetime deal, you know, and, you know, different different eras, you know, flow right into different eras, but we all have this commonality that we love LSU and love LSU baseball, and the players are great representatives of our university. Now, they, they allow them to have mustaches now, don't they, Coach? You you did not like the facial hair. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit old school. You know, I, I, I just felt, you know, that I wanted our players always to present, you know, as great role models to youngsters. And I wanted to see, you know, players make be willing to make some sacrifices to be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, but, you know, the things every coach can coach his own way. And, you know, they're a little more lenient these days than they were when I was there. But, um, you know, good for them. You know, if that's if it helps them make them play better and they're still representing the school in a positive way, then I, I guess it's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a wild, your connection to LSU. You started your playing career there. You finish your career there. By the way, your career may not be over baseball-wise because Miami was coming after you. You decided not to pursue that, but you did go down there and visit with him about that. It's hard, um, and you're a young guy, and you seem to be in great shape, but 65 years old, um, is it hard to, to close the book? I mean, do you still kind of get that, even in being in Omaha, where you kind of like, man, I'd like to, I'd like to do this again. How do you, um, how do you feel about all that? Are you, or do you feel like you really can just live there in Baton Rouge and enjoy being around all your great friends? (laughs) Well, that's a good question, Matt. I wish I had a good answer for you on that one. Um, You know, I I really didn't want to retire two years ago. I, I really kind of felt like I had to. I had, had been having some some real issues with my my neck physically, and I, I had to. It required two different surgeries that were about eleven months apart. One was uh, uh, following the nineteen season, and then one was following the twenty season. And so the second surgery was right before what turned out to be my last year, and I was just in such physical pain throughout that season. Uh, that I it was affecting my ability to coach the kids and interact with the kids and do the things that I felt were necessary. So I just felt it was time for me to step down to a to take care of myself physically uh, and b you know to to do the right thing for the program because I I just felt that you know somebody younger and more enthusiastic and more energy and physically fit could probably do a better job than me at that point. As hard as that was to admit to myself. But uh, I feel much better now. You know, it's taken about two years for me to feel better. I feel great. I don't feel 65 years old. I feel much younger than that. Uh, I could have gone back uh, to Notre Dame after my first year out, but I still physically wasn't willing to do that. I just couldn't do it. Miami reached out to me this year, and that's where I grew up in in South Florida. So I thought, you know, what's it going to hurt to go down and talk to them about it? Um, and they, they, they have a great administration there. They have great vision for the program. But there were some other issues that I just needed to, to work my way through, you know, personal issues. Uh, and I just didn't think it was the right time for me to do that either. So whether or not other opportunities even come about, I don't know. 
And if they do, whether or not I would jump at them to do them or not, I can't answer that either. I guess it would depend on the situation, how comfortable I would. But I do feel like I have something to offer people, and uh, I just got to find what that is, whether it's still in coaching or out of coaching. Paul Maneri joined the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What about the the fact that this has become, in the SEC at least, a revenue sport? All those years at Notre Dame, you get to LSU. Did you think, did you see it heading this way, or does it surprise even you that it's now uh, to that point where schools are pouring millions upon millions? NIL, players are getting offered NIL deals worth what? You know, $100,000. Uh, did you see it happening, or does it even surprise you to the point it's uh, – it, of course, it's very exciting. Some of it's different, but it is exciting how big it's become on these college campuses. Matt, it, does, it didn't surprise me that, that people cared so deeply about SEC baseball because I saw it from afar when I was coaching at Notre Dame and even when I was at the Air Force Academy, I, I saw that it was happening that way. And really, you have to give all the credit in the world to Skip Bertman, who was kind of the, the father of the modern-day uh, SEC baseball, LSU baseball. You know, he won five national championships in one decade in the 90s. And it kind of coincided at a time when LSU football was struggling. And so a large amount of fans decided that they wanted to really follow LSU baseball. And they were packing the old Alec Box Stadium regularly, which was producing revenue and allowed LSU to become a self-sufficient sport. And, of course, they were having such great success. So uh, I think what happened was a lot of athletic directors and a lot of presidents at Southeastern Conference schools kind of looked around and said, look, look what's happening over there in Baton Rouge. And really it was happening in Starkville, Mississippi as well with Mississippi State. And and they started asking themselves, you know, what if we put resources into our program, uh, facility-wise, co- get a good coach, you know, give them operating budgets? Could we have a baseball program that our community, our school, could be proud of, and potentially be self-sufficient? And I think the answer that most of those presidents and ads said was yes. So, you know, schools that traditionally were not powers uh, in baseball. You know, I, I hate to single out schools, you know, but Kentucky or Vanderbilt or even Georgia, Florida, whatever, you know, they, they were not known as great powers in college baseball. Well, they started investing in their programs, and now you have all these top-ranked schools coming out of the Southeastern Conference, and it's it's become an arms race. You know, facilities are going up. Coaches are getting paid more. There's bigger budgets, and, of course, this whole transfer portal NIL thing is a new phenomenon the last couple of years. But, you know, the stakes are higher. You know, if you can if you can have a great team, you know, the people are going to come and watch them. And, they, and we've invested in facilities and so forth. So I'm not surprised by really any of it. The only thing that's surprising to me maybe is that other parts of the country aren't pushing it the same way. But even though you got great weather in California and, and maybe even in some places in Texas and so forth, you don't see the same commitment to college baseball. Uh, as you do in the Southeastern Conference. And I think that's why, you know, on a regular basis, you're, you, we have been seeing, and we're probably going to continue to see, you know, maybe half the field in Omaha or more be Southeastern Conference schools going forward. Do you think OU and Texas are ready for this? I mean, how do you, you know, obviously they've had great tradition, Texas especially, 
OU more recently, but they've had a good run as well. Do you think they're ready to take that plunge into the spending and everything it takes to compete in the SEC? <laughs> well, I, don't, I couldn't answer that, but I don't know the inner workings of those schools, but they better be. <laughs> the SEC is a very <laughs> unforgiving conference. Um, if, you're, if you don't have the horses, uh, you're going to have a tough time. You could, you could lose every game on an SEC schedule because on a given day, if you don't, if you don't bring an A game with good players, you, you're going to lose uh, in this conference. And, you know, if, if Texas and Oklahoma are serious about having good baseball programs, you know, they're going to need, they're going to need to make those commitments. And they may already have, I don't know the inner workings of their programs. They obviously have two very rich traditional athletic departments as holes and also, uh, you know, baseball. So my guess is that they're going to be really good fit for the South Inc. Eastern Conference. I think it's only going to enhance the, the quality of competition. And uh, I'm sure that they'll compete very favorably as well. What do you think of uh, Paul Skeens? I mean, that's really interesting that you were at Air Force. He's from Air Force, transfers in there, makes a, an enormous impact on this team, becomes their ace. He's an interesting guy. Um, did, have you gotten to be around him at all? And, I mean, is there? do you think he gained some things out there at Air Force that he brought a little bit of that mentality to this LSU staff? What have you been able to kind of find out from, from watching him and, and maybe even being around him a little bit? Well, I haven't spent a lot of time around him in answer to that part of the question. Uh, just in, just enough to say hello to him and have brief conversations. Uh, but I'm very familiar with the United States Air Force Academy, having been the coach there for six years. In fact, I was the very first civilian baseball coach they had. Prior to my arrival there, they always had an active military officer uh, performing as a baseball coach. But years ago, they decided they wanted to try to have a good baseball program, and they thought they should hire you know, somebody that was, had made coaching their their chosen profession, and I was fortunate enough to be able to be named the coach there. One of my players way back in 1991 and 2 and 3 uh, was a young man at that time by the name of Mike Kozlowski. Well, Mike is now the head coach at the United States Air Force Academy. After he completed a 20-year flying career, he used to fly C-17s for the Air Force. But he's he is like one of the most unique individuals He's like a son to me, and he's just really phenomenal coach. He teaches these cadets every day at the Air Force Academy not only how to play good baseball, but you know life lessons. Teaches them how to become warriors and winners, which is what the university or the institution, I should say, is is trying to develop. And uh, so he built he builds toughness in them, and he and he builds confidence in them, and he's doing everything that they can do. So Paul was exposed to that for two years at the Air Force Academy. Any cadet that attends the academy, whether a sport in sports or not, uh, has a major decision to make after their sophomore year. Do they stay in their junior year at the academy? If they do, they're now committed to finish their, their time of four years at the academy and then serve the United States Air Force uh, in active duty. I, I don't know what the commitment is now. When I was there, it was either five or six years or seven years, something like that. But it, I assume it's something similar. But but it, what you're basically doing then is foregoing any chance of professional baseball. 
So these kids have a tough decision to make. The cadets have a tough decision to make. And obviously, Paul chose to leave the academy so that he could pursue his professional baseball aspirations. And, you know, at first I was a little upset with him. You know, I, I, I just felt that the academy was, you know, a place of honor and this is where you go and you commit yourself to a, a life of dedication to your country and serving your country. But, you know, obviously when he came here, you could see why he had such a tough decision. The talent is you'd have to be, you know, ignorant to the game of baseball to not see how good he is. And I can tell you this, Matt, I've coached, I coached 40 years in Division One baseball, and I've never seen anybody better than this kid. I mean, who throws 100 miles an hour every fastball, including the 125th pitch of the game? It's it's like almost a freak of nature that the things that he's doing. He he looks like he's ready to step into a major league rotation tomorrow and and be one of the top pitchers in the in the league. So you know I can totally understand why he made this choice. Um, you know obviously it's going to be very beneficial to him financially, and he gets to pursue this dream. But I know it was a tough decision for him because I was very like I said very close to the coach there. And, you know, he, he kept me abreast of the conversations that they were having. And it was a very emotional time, I'm sure, for Paul to make the decision to leave the academy. But you're right. I think he brought a toughness to the team, uh, you know, a dedication to the team that maybe those guys hadn't seen, you know, except for coming from a, a cadet from the United States Air Force Academy. Paul, I'm trying to imagine you getting in the face of players. You sound so calming, and you have such a great demeanor. (laughs) (laughs) So does Kim Mulkey, right? (laughs) No, no. Kim does not sound like you do, and I've I've talked to her plenty over the years. (laughs) You know, know, as coaches, you know, we're, we're in it for kids. You know, we're in it to help young people develop into their develop their full potential to become successful in sports and learn life lessons while they're doing it and you know you have to love them you're you're doing it for them you know you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it because you want to work with young people and sometimes young people you know they want to settle for mediocrity or not fulfill their potential and that's where a coach sometimes has to challenge them because they know they have more in the tank that they're just not willing to give at that time and so as coaches, Kim, myself, and any other coach that is a decent coach, you know, and has any success is going to push their players for, you know, to be successful. That doesn't mean that you don't like the player. You're not being demeaning. You're not being derogatory. You're just challenging them to fulfill their potential. And I know some, some coaches are more vocal than others. Um, you know, I I think I have a mix of that when I was a coach. You know, sometimes I challenged them and sometimes I hugged them and told them how much I loved them, you know. And you just got to do what's right for the kid to try to have them fulfill their potential, show them that you really believe in them and that, you know, they're capable of doing great things. Paul, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, uh, that's got it's got to be such an amazing moment to see all these guys that you recruited do something this special and uh and to be a part of it and everything so i was very excited to get to catch up with you today i really appreciate the time well i I enjoyed talking to you matt and it was a very very special time for me and 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 i guess some kind of a weird way brought a little bit of closure for me 
in my coaching at LSU, you know, to see this group of kids that will probably be leaving now and going into professional baseball, to, you know, to finish on such a high note. And I was very proud of them, and, and I'm glad I was there to share it with them. Thank you for having right. me today. You bet. There he goes, Paul Maneri, LSU, longtime coach, 2007 to 2021. Had a great run there, and he followed arguably the greatest college coach of all time. Not a, not an easy job. All he did is go to about five or six college World Series, won one of them, 2009, and uh, uh, you know it just it, he just happened to follow this guy that had won like six of them, six national championships. Like following these Texas coaches who've been to. 30-something, 30 37 College World Series. I mean, it's in, it's insane. But Paul Maneri, good guy, good. He just has that patient sound about him. And uh, neat. I just really thought that was interesting to get to catch up with him. He recruited uh, at least like nine or ten of the normal players, pitchers, that were part of this LSU National Championship team, retired in 2021. Jay Johnson takes over, and then Jay Johnson LSU win the national title.